You are listening to the Adoption and Fertility Finance Show, where we prepare you financially for adoption or fertility. Navigating the waters financially for adoption and fertility can be intimidating. And your host, Laura Coleman, knows that firsthand after spending $35,000 for IVF and adopting three children. She's made it her mission to help other couples realize their dream by living their financial life with intention. Today's podcast episode is being sponsored by the Adoption and Fertility Grant Success Course. Learn step-by-step instructions on how to create a successful adoption or fertility grant. You can find more information at familymoneycoaching.org and click on shop. I'd like to welcome Stephanie Pike. She's the owner of Money Lit, where they are impacting youth for a financially bright future. And they have a summer learning program and they teach children at local community places. And I'm really excited for Stephanie to come on today's show and talk about how to teach your children about money. So Stephanie, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Um, First of all, at what age can you teach your children about money? Uh, so really as young as three, they can start understanding things like wants versus needs and that you need money, <clears throat> excuse me, that you need money to buy things. And, and how do you do that for someone who's as young as three years old? Uh, so a good way to do that at that age is to teach them that they can start earning money. Um, and you can also start teaching them to delay gratification. So, you know, kids at that age want so many things. And so you can start to teach them that they can earn money. And then in turn, they can use that money to buy the things that they want. So I was, I have a three-year-old and, uh, this last week, he's like, I want to go to the beach. I want to go to the beach. I'm like, Oh bud, you know, mommy's working. She can't take time off right now. And you're in, you guys are in school and, and, and also we need to, to save some money for our vacation. And he was like, okay, well, what do we need to do to earn some money? <laughs> like, uh, well, uh, this is what we need to do. <laughs> so, so he's like grasping the concepts concept of money here. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, what are some fun ways that you teach kids to make money? Okay. So I personally, I started my daughter out with, um, you know, paying her for little things to do around the house. And then I learned very quickly that she expected to get paid for everything that she did. Um, so as a personal rule, I believe in giving them jobs outside of the household or community things. Like you have to make your bed, you have to help sweep the floor, you have to help put dishes away. Um, So to give them ways to earn money outside of that, um, you can pay them to help you clean up the garage or help you uh, clean out your car. Um, They can also, if they're into making crafts or um, anything like that, there's Chattanooga has uh, a small business fair for children. And there's also things like the uh, MBD edition, girls edition that GPS does where kids can make products or offer services and the community will come through and buy from them. So that kind of teaches them, 
you know, that their human capital and their skill set can earn them money. And the more that they know and the more that they make and um, that kind of thing that, you know, other people will come and buy their products or services. I really like that because it gives kids that entrepreneurial spirit and teaches them the value of work and like, you know, Hey, I, I can do something. I, you know, you hear a lot of times, well, you know, I, I don't have any skills. Well, teach them some skills. Right. <laughs> and I, I really, I love the fact that the community does that where they have kids sell their items and, and just, I think that's a really, a really awesome. Um, I really think that's awesome. So when I was a kid, I did not get allowance. That was just not something that we did. But so when do you introduce allowance into a child's life or do you? So I kind of, I never received an allowance either. Um, we, re, we would get paid if we worked and did something once again outside of what was required in the family community setting. Um, and so I kind of think that's the way to go. Uh, just personal experience. Um, so I wouldn't introduce allowance. It would be more, if you want to do something outside of that, here's a way to earn money and then provide them with those opportunities. And it doesn't even have to be just um, like physical labor type things. Uh, what I've started doing with my daughter is giving her certain books that I want her to read or certain articles that I would like her to start to become knowledgeable on and setting a money amount to that. So if you finish this book within a two-week time period, then, you know, I'll pay you X amount. And it gets them off the devices a little bit too. That's true. Because they become motivated, hopefully. So what kind of books are you giving her? Uh, so she's 13. And so um, the most recent book I had her read was The um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. So it's not directly related to money, but it does help with decision-making and going into the teenage years. That's something that's really important. Any other books? Or is that, that, I mean, that one really sounds good. I have never heard I, when you're like seven habits of high and I'm like of people. <laughs> <laughs> no, seven I didn't know there was one for teens. That's really cool. Yeah, No, there is. And there's also uh, the book, rich dad, poor dad. He does one for teens as well. Ah, nice. um, I, I've read his uh, adult book. I didn't realize there was one for kids too. That's really awesome. Yeah. So I've picked those books out for her recently. And then I also look up articles um, and kind of tailor it towards things that she's interested in um, and have her read articles and try to offer her two different viewpoints. So that way trying to help her to learn to start intentionally thinking through different things going on in the world and getting involved in that. Right. Now, we talk about preparing couples financially for adoption and fertility. And, you know, so we fostered our, our boys and then we adopted. And, you know, there's a lot of families that do fostering and then um, adopt the children later. Um, and if someone has come from a different background and they've come to your family, you know, what are some things to help change a child's view on money? Cause they may have come from a mindset of we're really, really poor or money is just something that you just frivolously spend. 
Um, they, they may have come from a family that's like super, super tight on their money um, or they've just never been taught about it. So how do you help change the money view of a, an older child that you're adopting? That's a great question. Um, I really feel like it's all about setting the first, you'd have to figure out what view of money you would like for them to have and then start to put things in place to meet that goal. Um, so, you know, for example, if they're an older child and um, they are, I guess, based on my personal experience, teenagers kind of want everything. And so you can teach them that it's okay to spend money, but still help them delay gratification and uh, something that's really good to do with an older child, too, is set short-term and long-term goals. Um, so short-term, maybe they want a new bedroom set, or maybe they want, you know, a trip somewhere, like you were saying, or um, maybe they want a camera or whatever it is, a laptop, whatever. So that would be more of a short-term goal, something that they could save up for pretty quickly, depending on, you know, the type of jobs you give them, the type of money that, you know, you're willing to pay for that. But then also set long-term goals like saving for their first car, saving for college or something, um, you know, some type, of, some type of summer activity they may want to do. Is it better to have a savings account for the child um, or jars or, you know, how, how do you teach them? Well, let me rephrase this. I'll cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> What are some savings vehicles that you teach children to be able to save money into? Okay. Um, so I think that varies based on the age. I think uh, younger children, well, children in general are pretty visual, but I think younger children, um, maybe in the three to five category, it is best to kind of do the jar scenario. Um, and so I believe you should have a jar for saving, a jar for spending, and then a jar for giving, whether it's, you know, tithe or charity or, you know, whatever your family believes in. Um, and that will be a visual way for the children to see, okay, when I make money, this is how it gets divided up. Cause that's what we have to do as adults. And that's, you know, our eventual goal is to teach them how to manage money as adults. Um, as they get older, I believe it's good for them to go out and open a savings account. That way they can uh, begin to learn um, how to keep like a deposit and withdrawal slip, which, you know, we don't really technically do as adults, but since children are visual and hands-on learners, I think that's a good way for them. And then it's also good if that savings account uh, with that bank has like a mobile app. So that way children can visually see their savings grow. I think um, that's, that's a really great idea. Uh, yeah. So I think that would really help them uh, maybe around the age of like six or seven, because kids are really tech savvy these days. And obviously it'd be something that the custodian would have, you know, the ultimate control on, but that way the kids can get on there and say, Hey, look, I just added five more dollars to it. or I just added 10 more dollars to it and they can watch it kind of grow that way. That's really cool. I, lo I love that idea. So I, <clears throat> there's a couple of really cool ideas. I'll make sure that they're in some, um, in the show notes, but I was just recently introduced. <clears throat> I was just recently introduced to a company called cube and they have that a savings feature. So 
you take the money and you deposit it into a savings account and you can see it grow and you can like itemize it into different categories. Oh, yeah. And, and so then you, uh, you have a debit card too and there's no money on the debit card. But if you want to go spend some of that money, then you just take it from that category and transfer it to the debit card and then swipe the card. So the money's on the app. And so when you're talking about be able to have your child have that visualization, you know, cube would definitely be a great program for kids to be able to visually see it. And then for their short term spending or their, the money that is dedicated to a specific goal, then they can see it grow and then they can move it from that category and then use the debit card. So then it, it teaches them that there's money behind the, the debit card. Yes. Um, so I, I really like the fact that you mentioned that because I just, I just was introduced to them like two weeks ago. <laughs> no, I love that because it's all about teaching them to delay gratification and be intentional with their spending. So that's great. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, when I saw the guy's like shirt, it said like cashless envelopes, I about tackled him. <laughs> like, Hey, Hey, tell me more about what your program does. I, I am really interested. <laughs> that's awesome. So, um, but I really like the fact that you mentioned that you help your children be visual with money because then it becomes real. It's not just this abstract like number or something way in the future. They can actually see it and kids yes. are really visual. Like they, they have to know this is going towards something specifically. And if it's, um, if they can actually see the money, then it's like, Oh, it's right there. That's where the money is. It's not like far away. It's not hidden. Yeah. You, it didn't go behind the door and disappear. And then like, it's really fun when you're like, Oh, and by the way, they pay you for that money to sit in there. Right. And then the kids are like, my daughter, she's seven. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's not just sitting in that piggy bank. It's like someone's giving you money to have it sit there. And she's like, oh my, that's really cool. That's neat. <laughs> yeah. There's actually some, uh, some apps out there now, some programs where kids can, uh, if you wanted to start teaching them to invest young, there's um, apps where kids can actually buy into portions of larger stocks. And then that can also help them begin to understand, you know, that you can watch your money grow in a different way, a little bit riskier, but uh, depending on your beliefs on investing, that is What's a, the name? Sorry to interrupt. Um, what's the name of that app? That's really interesting. Yeah. So I'm going to, I just started using this one. Um, oh my goodness. The name of it has just left me. Oh, Stockpile. And so I'm not... I'm going to be looking around for another one, but this one has been good so far to start out. It has a mobile app, so uh, my daughter can log into it and actually see um, where the stocks are sitting and uh, what they're trading at. And so the uh, different stocks are about $5, so you're just buying into about $5 worth of a much larger stock, and it's a $0.99 cent purchasing price. And so she can go in there herself and do a trade. And then I, as the parent, have, I'll get an alert and I'll have to approve the purchase or the trade. Um, and so what I've encouraged her to do is pick stocks that are along her interest and do a little bit of research on the company, pick two um, that may be competitors, do some research on the company, and then choose from there after she's looked at where it's trading at and what the history's kind of been. 
So that's really neat too, because it's very visual for the kids. And it's called Stockpile? Stockpile. I, I'm going to look into that because, and I like the fact that she has that ability to go in and look as a teenager, she's 13. Yes. And she has the ability to go in and look and do the research and then, and then she makes the execution, but then you approve it as a parent. I like that she has that control. Yes. Yes. It very much so puts them in control of the decision-making process, which is good at that age. Right. I mean, for adults, you know, I've, um, Robin Hood is a great little penny stock. And so I'm excited that there's one for kids that provides that education and, and that ability to teach them at a young age. If they can just understand the stock market, it's not scary that, and like understand that rule of 72, like they're going to be so far in life than, than most people. I mean, like I, I, I didn't learn the rule of 72 till I was like probably 22 years old. Right. And I'm like, dang, I could have been saving a hundred bucks a month. I'd be a millionaire by the time I retire, you know? And, and like, that was like, you know, and then, you know, life happens and I didn't really start investing until I was 28. And so I lost 10 years of time. And so, you know, when, when you're talking to a 12 and 13 year old and they're like investing five bucks, I, I cannot, I, I, I wish I could just go into a calculator right now and be like, okay, how much is $5 <laughs> a month at the age of 13 by the time they're like 60, like, man, I mean, even at like a 7% rate of return, like that would be like phenomenal. So I love that, that you can teach kids at a young age about investing. Yes. It's not something that's, you know, commonly taught. Like you said, I mean, I had a very similar experience. It's not something I learned until I was close to 30. And so, I mean, just to be able to have that education young is very important. Yeah, that, that's really awesome. So now you go in, you have a summer camp that you have students come in during the summertime. Tell me a little bit about your summer program. Okay. Uh, so the summer program is um, for grades three through eight. And um, they sign up for a week, and every day we talk about financial literacy and basic economic concepts. Um, so kind of like what we've been talking about today, I introduce these concepts to them, and um, the goal is just to kind of change their way of looking at money. Uh, it feels like money is kind of a taboo thing and um, in our culture, and it's very... Um, it's a hot-button issue, you know, as you get older and get into relationships and it can make or break your experience as an adult. So if kids can start thinking about some wise choices with money at a very young age, then I think that's very important. Why did you start Money Lit? Like, what was the motivation behind it? Um, part personal experience and part work experience. Um, my regular nine to five job is with a local nonprofit and we sit down with clients and we go over budgets and um, just watching the decisions that people make regarding money and staying in that survival money mode mentality without having a whole lot of education behind how to manage it um, and how to make decisions with it. I just really began to see that there needs to be something that kids are learning early that can impact them as adults to help, you know, help prevent some of these mistakes and things that we get into as we're getting out into the world on our own. 
making adult decisions and just not having that knowledge base. I want them to go into adulthood already having this information. Tell me where we can find you on social media. Um, if you have a website, we, I would love to tell people about your program. Um, I, I love that you are teaching kids and helping them to make better choices before they can get to adulthood and screw things up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, tell me how, how people can follow you on social media. Okay. Um, so I have a Facebook page. It's uh, moneylit.org. Or, yeah, moneylit.org. And um, I also have a, uh, an Instagram page. And so I'll post different events that we're doing and um, different blog posts and things on there, different tips for you and your family and opportunities for talking about money. And is there any way that people can support your mission? So right now, um, I'm looking for companies to help sponsor. I um, do meet with individual families, but what I would really like to do, uh, my passion is to really get this into um, the homes of people who may not be able to afford to have a private mini-series. And so I'm looking for company sponsors who would like to sponsor me to be able to go into community centers, um, programs like YPAC and aftercare programs that uh, local nonprofits may have. So that, that would be um, a good way to support Money Lit right now at this time. Awesome. So for those of you who are driving and listening to today's podcast, I'll make sure that there are links in the show notes so that you can just go back and click on it. Please don't do it while you're driving. <laughs> Um, and, and, um, I, I really appreciate you coming on today, Stephanie, and talking about how we can teach our kids about savings and investing and, you know, some of the things that we can change the, the mindset of our children. And, you know, I, I just a real quick, funny story before we sign off a couple of years ago, um, I was at target and I don't even remember what I was buying but I was standing in line and my middle child, he says, um, Hey, um, I want to buy some candy. And I was like, sorry, but you know, that's just not part of mommy's budget today. And he's like, well, I got money. And I'm like, you do, you have money. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> I've got money. And he had this little bag. He always has things like either in his hand and, and my mom had given him a little bag. And so he was, carries it everywhere. So I was like, you have money where'd you get the money? And he was like, he gets down, he opens up his little bag and, and he pulls out pirate money. And uh, <laughs> I was like, Oh, you do have money, but she doesn't take pirate money. And he was like, why not? I was like, cause she's not a pirate. And he was like, Oh yeah. Okay. And he like totally accepted that. And it was totally funny, but like that experience was like so hilarious to me that he was like, well, I have money, you know, like, I can buy something, but, you know, like teaching him that, okay, that's pirate money. It only goes for pirates. This is real money. And, and then, it just um, won't work. <laughs> right. It's just, it's not going to work. And so <laughs> that to me was like really a, a, a fun moment for me as a mom that, that he was just very intent and he knew that you needed money to buy it. Um, and then another, you know, as kids get older, they learn the, this is probably one thing um, I um, should have talked a little bit about, but stealing, you know, what are some ways to teach your kids to not steal 
Um, because we, we had a little episode, um, this last year, what one was with my oldest. And then the next one was with my middle child and I'm waiting for the youngest to do it. Um, but really it was like a, um, they wanted something. I told them no. And then when my back was turned, um, you know, they hit it unsuccessfully. Like I busted them in it, but you know, like teaching your children about stealing and that honesty, like what, what are some tips? Okay. Um, so this is where a little bit of the basic economics could come into play. Once kids learn that there is a monetary value attached to everything, not even just specific items, but even services and, um, basically everything has some sort of monetary value to it. And then teaching them that when they take that from someone that it actually impacts them, you know, that store. So for example, if they had stolen a $20 toy, the monetary value attached to that impacts the store to where they now have a loss. Um, that's a good way to attach the value of something and how it could impact whoever they're stealing from. Right. Well, my, my young, my middle child, we were at Lowe's and, um, so, I mean, he was with me, like he was by my side, but I didn't realize he'd stolen a little lollipop. And, um, uh, when we got in the van, the, the youngest one like ratted him out and he was like, I want a lollipop. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not getting you a lollipop. Well, well, he has one. I'm like, what? You know? Uh oh. <laughs> and so I, you know, I made him. I made him like go back and take it back. You know, like you, you need to see the responsibility of of the embarrassment. Yes. <laughs> of returning yes. this item, and um, my my daughter when I when I busted her, she cried and cried and cried and cried, and I made her return it to the manager, and the manager was like, oh, honey, it's okay, and I was like, no, it's not okay. You tell her it's not okay. That. <laughs> <laughs> like, you like, and we talked about honesty and, and we talked about how, you, you know, you don't take things and, and now mommy doesn't trust you. And, and like, every time I leave a store now, I pat down the kids, you know, I'm like arms, let me see your fingers. You know? Yep. You got to earn that trust back, bud. <laughs> and, and so like, you know, and I was talking to my dad about it, my mom, and my, my, they raised six children. And so they were like, well, we've never had trouble. I'm like, oh, yes, you did. And there was one child, one sibling that had, had stolen something, and, and my mom made them take it back. And, and um, you know, it's like, you know, teaching your children the integrity around money and around the importance of being honest with everything that you have. And, you know, when, when I say no, it means no. When I say that we don't have the money for it right now, you know, and, and sometimes like when kids will ask, you know, Hey, can I, can I buy this? Most of the time it's candy right. and, um, or a toy. And I'll say, well, I don't, I don't have the money for that right now. Or, um, mommy has money, but we have not set aside money for that specifically. Cause I don't want to teach them to think that we're poor cause we're not poor. It's just, <laughs> I don't want to spend money on that right now. So, um, you know, changing that mindset around like what they, what, like the value behind it, you know, that, that part, I don't want them to think, oh, every time we go to the store, I can buy candy. I'm like, no, you know, did we set aside money for this? Did we plan on buying this? Um, and so those are some of the things that I've been trying to teach my kids about money. And so anyway, 
But thanks yeah, for talking about stealing. Yeah, no, they're, they're watching you make intentional decisions with your budget and then they're learning delayed gratification, which is always important. Right, right. I noticed there was a, a post on your Facebook page about delayed gratification. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, that, that happens around that age, you know, three through seven where they just want candy and toys and then it comes right back around when they're teenagers and it's like they've forgotten everything in between that you've taught them. Right. <laughs> they go back into that like older toddler phase of just wanting everything and it's like, well, man, you got to save for it or I'll put this much toward it, but you're going to have to come up with the additional. Yeah. And I'll buy you a $20 shirt that you need, but I'm not spending 50, 60, $70 on a sweatshirt. You're going to have to come up with a difference. Right. Right. Definitely. Um, awesome. All right. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on our show today. Really appreciate it and look forward to this airing. Yes. Thank you for having me. No problem. Are you a hopeful adoptive parent? Come join the Facebook group, Paying for Adoption. We love to talk about money and how you can raise the money for adoption. Go join our community, Paying for Adoption, and begin the fun journey.